This is episode number 118 with Paolo de Castro and Pierre Mill. Welcome to Transform Talks, the only podcast that cuts straight through the hype and noise on supply chain transformation. I'm Maria Villablanca, the CEO and co-founder of the Future Insights Network. Join me as I uncover the stories and delve deeper into the topics that really matter to you. You know, how we define and measure good service has substantially changed over the years. The Amazon effect has set a new threshold of what good service looks like, and servicing customers today is more than delivering OTIF, and it's certainly less about capacity utilization. Now it's all about finding your customers' pain points across your entire value chain, identifying where your next customers are lurking, and determining how you can serve them better and quicker than your competitors. We've got two fantastic guests in this podcast. Joining me are Paulo de Castro, Global CFO of Mars Pet Care, and Pierre Mill, former Director of Plan and Deliver at Friesland Campina. We're going to be discussing how the definition of service has changed and how finance and supply chain can work together to define new metrics to measure performance. Now, Pierre and I go way back, so I'm super pumped to have him join me in this episode, especially as customer-centric supply chain management is a huge passion of his. Pierre has spent his career working in various supply chain operations roles in the FMCG, food and beverage, dairy, and fashion medical retail industries for some of the world's most well-known brands, including Unilever, Carlsberg Group, Grand Vision, and Friesland Campina. My second guest is Paolo de Castro, who is global CFO of Mars Pet Care. Paolo will be bringing his finance perspective into the discussion, which I'm really excited about. He spent the majority of his career working for FMCG giant Unilever before moving to Grand Vision to become CFO and later joining Mars Pet Care Division as global CFO. Now, I'm really eager to have this conversation, so let's get started. Right. Thank you very much for joining us, guys. Thank you, Paolo and Pierre, for being here on the podcast. I appreciate you being here. Thank you. Pleasure. Thank you. So we're going to be talking about something that's really important, uh, which is customer centricity. We're going to be talking about the role that finance can play with the supply chain to perhaps help deliver um, business goals. Um, so I'm going to start with Pierre, because you and I go way back, Pierre. I've known you a long time. And, you know, I, I love interviewing you because you give us such great, succinct answers. Well, thank um, you for well, no pressure, no pressure whatsoever no pressure. on this. Yeah, let's yeah, try exactly. again. <laughs> let's try again, exactly. All right, Pierre. So, so you used to be the director of plan and deliver um, when and you designed and, and delivered a customer-centric supply chain strategic agenda, right, for the consumer dairy division of Friesland Campina. Um, so to what extent do you think um, the parameters of a customer-centric supply chain have changed, you know, since you first joined the profession a million years ago? <laughs> yes, um, it's a very interesting uh, question because the things have changed fundamentally. I, I do recall um, when managing customer um, service excellence for Unilever that the, the point for us was first to start measuring service and have an understanding of, of it. So we used to talk about on time in full or customer case feel on time. I mean, all sorts of these definitions were flying around uh, up, up until the point of designing on shelf availability. But the point was, these were very much internally designed KPIs, right? Um, so there, there has been a, a movement where uh, we've started measuring service from the customer perspective, asking our customers what does matter to them and measuring it the way they wanted the measuring. Um, it's not always the same thing. I do remember a Selunga in Italy really focusing on on time. And I remember 
uh, ASDA in UK really focusing on on in full. So you you have to have these nuances. And I think over the last million years of measuring services, uh, we, we went through that loop of really um, having an external perspective, and not only from a KPI perspective also, but uh, only but also from a conversational perspective. Uh, we've asked, have started engaging top-to-top conversations, developing relationship um, or key relationship for what that matters. Um, and uh, beside measuring how the customer wants it, working with the customer at improving services from their perspective. The second aspect to it, I think, is we used to be just very happy having a number a month. I think now we are much more immediate. We want to have the service on the tip of the finger. We want to understand what happens. We want to anticipate that conversation with uh, with the customer. We want to inform them of what's going to happen. And that, that is a fundamental shift, uh, not for the last million years, but for the last couple of years, I think, yes. Paolo, I'm going to ask you to jump in now because, uh, and I'm going to say something perhaps a little bit provocative maybe, which is the perception is that the CFO is driven by financial metrics, rightly so, in a part of your job title. Um, So how does the role of the CFO fit in to help supply chain create the kind of customer-centric supply chain model that is valuable? Well, I mean, it starts with, always value creation, right? Um, And um, my perception is that over the last 10 years, the the relative importance of uh, the value creation levers has changed. Um, And the one thing that is counting more and more is growth. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, So the, the parameter of missed or lost sales becomes more and more important. Right. So you're moving from an agenda, yeah, maybe carried through, you know, the finance function of cost saving, relentless pressure on gross margins, et cetera, et cetera, to uh, a better understanding that in a world where uh, kind of increasingly the winner takes all. So you, you have mega companies uh, in, 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 uh, in, in, many, in many markets um, and they are typically global increasingly. Uh, what does that mean? Uh, particularly, actually, in, in the context that you also have, you know, small players, startups uh, trying to enter the market, nibbling at their toes, etc. That that means that service is in becoming more and more important. Um, and so, that parameter, uh, as 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 Pierre w- was mentioning, um, is is critical. Is critical for any company. Was before. Uh, let's say um, many years ago was kind of something that we needed to take it into account in order to keep our customers happy. I think companies now understand this is uh, this is absolutely and utterly critical for for their growth and therefore for their survival. I mean, the context is that we as consumers, and you know, we've all been there. Uh, we're, we you know. Um, we, we want it now uh, and mm-hmm. full. Uh, and so the, the, the D2C world is also kind of um, coming into play in terms of um, how we perceive service. Yeah? yeah. And that puts even more pressure on, on time in full. Mm. Yeah, whatever KPI that is nowadays uh, 
most used or most relevant, but it's you, you get what I mean here. So as a CFO, my role is to maximize, help maximize value creation. And today that is the key lever, yeah? Of course, we need to do other things well, but you know, to grow value creation, that's what we need to do. I know it's a long-winded answer, but... Uh, no, no, it's, I, can, I can rebound on this because I think um, historically um, we have considered supply chain or, or considered have been, supply chain have been built really cost-driven, right? I mean, yes. and, and, and I'm, I'm, even if that disappears a little bit, this is always going to be in the background. I mean, this is a place where we spend a huge amount of money and therefore any reduction of that cost that we spend is, is, is going directly to the bottom line of the business. So I think we, this will remain. But supply chain as an instrument for growth is becoming more, it's becoming paramount, right? It is mm -hmm. where I believe the next step of evolution of supply chain is really in not only fulfilling the basic service, uh, you know, your 90.5, 98.5% service, whatever sort of KPI you have, but in going uh, for the next customer, for the next sale, how do we enable the forefront of the of the company to actually grow the business? I think that's what Paolo was saying. It's growth is paramount. And therefore, how do we structure a supply chain? How do we organize a supply chain that is an instrument for this growth? Well, if you think about the Amazon effect, right? I mean, it's sort of set the gold standard for customer expectation, right? Of, of what kind of service you want. And I think that in this day and age, the supply chain can be a very powerful competitive advantage. You know, a, a customer-driven supply chain can really make or break. To go back to Paolo's original point, not only are we dealing with disruption, but you're dealing with comp competition from smaller, more agile uh, businesses. So uh, customer centricity in the supply chain is an opportunity for the supply chain to become a value creation side of the business, right? Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. And do you think that a lot of CFOs perhaps, I mean, I go to your point, Pierre, you're right. Cost driven is still going to be an issue where, you know, we are businesses at the end of the day, you know, we have to keep an eye on cost. That is, you know, without a shadow of a doubt. But do you think now perhaps COVID has created or accelerated the business model whereby we can focus more on these kinds of KPIs and metrics like the missed sale? Uh, like those opportunity costs? Okay, let's have a bit of the, the, the supply chain answer before the finance answer maybe, right? Um, yes and no. I mean, COVID is one thing. It's, it's a black swan event. Um, but there are others that are going to happen. That's not the problem. I think what we in supply chain need to be focusing on to be really an instrument for growth and, and support the businesses is, is on all those variabilities that are hidden within our supply chain and that we basically generally compensate uh, by extra stocks and redundant equipment and everything, right? Mm -hmm. Which which come at a, a extensive cost to the business. And we need to be able to address those so that we can uh, focus on what are the conditions for supply chain to be successful in the future, which is really anticipation and agility, right? Anticipation, it's, it's we need to have those drivers, this insight on those drivers that are, that are key for the business growth. And, and agility, it's really about um, making sure that we have um, the proximity to the customers and the responsiveness of the back end of the supply chain to be able to deliver uh, 
to 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 the customer. So I have the, the more holistic view, right, of of the evolution of supply chain. Um, still cost focused, but but mm -hmm. absolutely uh, driven by growth and service. Yes, Paulo, what, what's your what are your thoughts on that? I mean, <laughs> I'm in a strange situation of having to speak on behalf of a profession, but <laughs> but um, I, I honestly, I, I think just in your uh, opinion and, and in your in your background, I mean, you can only speak for yourself, really. No, I, of course, I, you know, <laughs> uh, I I would never dare to do that. But I mean, speaking for myself, I actually believe that CFOs have evolved in, in their thinking. Once again, if you yeah. think about the levers of value creation, it's about growth increasingly therefore it's about service levels therefore it's about supply chain flexibility so it's longer uh, about you know maximizing capacity utilization and uh, having a very incredibly efficient uh, supply chain it's about being able to fulfill that order yeah um and if you think like that um you know you, you look at the pnl in a different way uh, and you look at the supply chain in a different way uh, and definitely the dialogue with supply chain professionals changes. Yeah. yeah? Um, so that's my take on it. Really. Do, do you think that, um, I mean, I'm being general, right? You know, and like you, like you say, you're right, Paolo, we can't speak for the whole profession I'm, and, and I'm generalizing. But I think historically, in general, there has been a bit of a misalignment between the goals of the finance function and the goals of supply chain, maybe not academically, maybe not intellectually, we know what the goals are in theory aligned, but it seems as though sometimes they're speaking different languages. You know, I often get told that, or, you know, that my CFO hasn't approved digital transformation projects or my CFO hasn't approved this. Do you think that more work needs to be done to sort of build these bridges between the functions the finance function and the supply chain function, or is it already happening? Um, I think it's already happening. Um, and uh, to be frank, I think there's also a little bit of an observer's paradox here. I mean, after all, the role of the CFO is to challenge. Yes, okay. To challenge any part of the business, yeah? So if I think uh, we were talking, we were marketeers here, the market, mm -hmm probably say a little bit the same about CFOs, yeah? Uh, or, uh, you know, HR people or whatever. Um, that's the, that's, that's, it. that's the core of the role, I believe, of, of a CFO, which over and above, let's say, you know, publishing the accounts on time, um, needs to kind of help the business see the truth uh, and help the business navigate between the different tensions and optimizations that need to happen every day. Yeah, so I, again, personally, um, of course, I've put pressure on supply chains and on supply chain colleagues, um, but I think it's always with kind of the that intent of um, optimizing everything. And I think supply chain people understand that. Yeah, mm -hmm. ultimately, that it's always um, there's no perfect supply chain per se we're always seeking it and it's about playing with all the levers that we have to to optimize it and my role as a cfo indeed um foundationally is essentially about was essentially about cost today it is about growth and i think this is is easing up the discussion also with the supply chain colleagues because they understand service 
uh, frankly, much better than, than, than you know, in a way, finance people would do or less naturally uh, for, for finance people. Yeah. To your question, Maria, and, and building upon what Paolo says, um, uh, the CFO has a real umbrella sort of role within the business and supply chain have organized themselves much more end to end over the last yes, uh, right. Okay. And, and because of this, I think there is between the CFO and the supply chain exec, whatever, um, um, a commonality of objectives. The, the conversation, in, in my experience, has become easier and easier, right? Mm. Um, but of course, businesses are uh, complex animals, especially multinationals in which we work where um, every function um, has kind of different incentives and aligning them for the best of the business um, and for the growth of the business is, is quite a tremendous job. So it's normal that there are frictions. It's normal that there, is, uh, uh, there are challenges. I mean, you use the example of uh, uh, digital transformation or digital supply chain transformation as, um, as, as being, you know, first it's, it's asking a lot of money. And even if cash is not very expensive lately, it is still a lot of money, right? And, and as a CFO, and I don't want to speak on behalf of Paolo and his profession, but I mean, even, even if cash is, is, is not expensive, you still have a, a limited amount of it to spend. And, and supply chain digital transformation is one thing that comes probably after a lot of other things that needs to happen in the business, right? And, and despite being end-to-end, supply chain professionals needs to understand that, when I mean, that's my belief, we're just a mean to an end, right? To satisfy the customers and to grow the business. If we're in that ballpark, um, supply chain digital transformation, the money that goes with it is, is not complicated to obtain. If we're not in that ballpark and we believe that we need to force through everything on, on supply chain because without supply chain, you don't have business. Well, you know, guess what? Business will change the supply chain. No? I, I think that's a very valid point. Do you think it's 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 down to the approach, the understanding of, uh, to put it simplistically, how to pitch this to the CFO? You know, in in the language that is revolves around business value, business cre- value creation, as opposed to I need to buy X and I need this much money. Mm. I think that would help. I mean, uh, Paolo was saying it, it's not so much about maximizing the utilization of equipment. It's about having the, his words is flexibility or agility in my mind. It's having the agility and the flexibility to go for the next order, to, to be able to deliver this next order. Mm-hmm. So if we start talking about redundancy of equipment, small equipment, more agile, you know, more connected uh, with the flow of information, which ha- goes at a higher pace, we're fundamentally talking supply chain digital transformation here, yeah. but in a word wording that probably re- resonate a bit more at the board than just talking about out of stocks, right? I don't know. Exactly, exactly. I mean, actually supply chain, uh, you know, Gilles' comment about end-to-end supply chain was, was uh, insightful um, because this is the way that the conversation changed also. The mm-hmm. supply chain came and said, look, it's not about silos and optimizing the silos. It's about optimizing the end-to-end from supplier to supplier down to the last mile or the last uh, meter. Um, that also has changed the conversation and has helped finance understand how complex you know, the solutions can be. Um, and I was just reflecting on my own kind of, uh, let's say, trajectory 
uh, in this space. And that has actually helped me, you know, professionally um, better the dialogue. And, and therefore, that businesses are better run today. Yeah. Also. What, what do you both think is perhaps the biggest opportunity and threat? Uh, these are two separate things, obviously, uh, facing supply chain today. Paul, I'll start with you because, <laughs> see, you know, I, I'd be interested to see your take on it. Um, well, I mean, I would call it a threat. Indeed, it's, it's an opportunity because the world is changing, but, but really individualization is, is, is the future is today already. And um, I would say even in FMCG, uh, you know, the world is going that, that space. Again, what does that mean? It means even more flexibility. It means uh, different ways of uh, doing things. Um, and, um, and so, and that is yet to be completely charted. Um, mm -hmm. So it's, it's both uh, exciting and a bit scary, frankly, because um, typically the solutions in this area are um, very different. We, 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 you know, so we're experimenting with them mm -hmm. therefore they are potentially costly and potentially we will make mistakes. You know, frankly, CFOs don't like that a lot. Um, because it means a lot more of uncertainty, but I think that's also very exciting. Yeah, mm -hmm. what I would say. What do you think, Pierre? I think I'm going to let my dog bark first before I answer because she's really, <laughs> really having that intense growl, and she. You can read her mind. You can you can see the face that she's going to growl. Like, come on, speak your mind, Nikki. Come on. <laughs> Does she have an opinion? Always. She's the youngest one. She always have an opinion on everything. We've discovered a word in, in supply chain over the last two years, which is the word resilience, right? Yes, and it's I everywhere. Find, yeah, I, I, it's overabused a little bit, but okay, fine. It's, uh, um, there is a word that I think we're going we're gonna to start discovering very quickly is the word variability, because as, as we all focus on this Black Swan event that we're still paddling for literally for the next years or so, we're, we're, we're not yet understanding all those um, variability we have to deal with the supply chain and they're not mapped and we are not uh, uh, improving on them because we don't have that, 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 that view, right? I mean, if I look at a plan, we're still doing a, uh, uh, a baseline plan and a what-if scenario plus 10, what-if scenario minus 15, right? Whereas the reality is we should really look at from a probabilistic perspective of what is the likelihood that I'm achieving my plan, taking mm -hmm. into account what we know about uh, the variabilities within the supply chain, unearthing them and addressing them properly. And I think this is the opportunity for us in the next two to five years, really. Um, if you couple this with the magnificent insight of, uh, of COVID, which is uh, we need to be resilient. And the best way to do this is probably to stop having these long supply chains and start, you know, um, um, making them much more agile and responsive by shortening them. Um, I think that's, that's, that's the key opportunity for us in, in supply chain in the future. Well, everything you described to me sounds like aligning the uh, supply chain with the finance function is going to be absolutely key because this variability is, is, is fraught with uncertainty. Uh, and risk, which is what Paolo was just saying about, you know, CFOs don't like this. I mean, look, 
was reading an article today about our, the current situation we've got here in the UK with the petrol situation, you know, and is this the death of just in time um, for supply chains, you know, and, and that's, we're having to rebuild or rethink supply chains. I also read something, someone interviewed um, this again this weekend. What do you call multiple black swan events? I mean, cause that's, this isn't just one black, it feels like we are being hit over and over again. And someone said it's an apocalypse. That's what you call it, but I wouldn't go that far. But I, I agree with you, Pierre. I think we are entering a period of intense or we are living a period of intense change disruption and using the same business models, linear business models of, you know, what if scenarios isn't working, is it? Clearly it isn't working here in the UK for the petrol situation. So again, that goes back to aligning the supply chain and the finance function, wouldn't you say? No, sure, uh, absolutely. I mean, uh, planning a supply chain is ultimately planning a business. Yes. So, you know, these, uh, these latest events of, you know, you were talking Pierre, about scenarios uh, rather than very stable base plans plus, uh, you know, small variances. We've had to adapt completely our planning environment and, pl and, and the way we do planning mm -hmm. and accept uh, much more, you know, scenario planning, which can be wildly different, uh, huge ranges. Um, and, and uh, you know, back then to, you know, your, your, your sources of resilience, uh, which are about, uh, you know, sh maybe shorter supply chains. Mm -hmm. Marie, you mentioned a couple of other uh, ideas, and I think these are all valid. Yeah, absolutely. But I think this goes back to, again, the, the conversation of supply chain being customer-centric, uh, central to biz creating business value. I, I really love your comment there, Paolo, about you design a supply chain, you're essentially designing a business. So what advice would you give to supply chain people today from your perspective in, in, in finance on how to align the goals of the business and navigate this, this complexity? My, my, my main plea today would be to design for flexibility. Yeah. Um, because um, let's say the, 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 the value creation has moved from, you know, being very efficient to uh, getting that, that latest order on time and in full, mm -hmm. regardless of, let's say, what's happening around us. And that means um, indeed more resilient supply chains, but also much more flexible supply chains. Uh, so the, 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 let's say that the tension between service cost and quality has definitely shifted to service a bit more yeah that's what i would say pierre well i can only nod positively to this it's um yeah designed for flexibility designed for growth therefore and designed for success and i i think a lot of supply chain professionals are um um a bit risk adverse um mm -hmm. and slightly conservative um, and there is a new generation um, that that comes up that has um, digitized art at heart and and they see options and they see opportunity in every data set and i think we need to to build on these on these young generation coming up to actually build for success and build for growth and therefore build for flexibility right mm 
let's can I can I talk a little bit about uh, sustainability and as well supply chain transparency. Um, you know, this this is something that is, if you think about it, also a customer centric supply chain. It's increasingly important for customers for supply chains to have this. Um, what are your thoughts on on that, Paolo? It's it's uh, today's game uh, name of the game. Uh, so. If you think about it, there's a, a lot of new KPIs, new reporting that yeah. needs to be put in place. Yeah, um, you know, I think every company is, is trying to achieve that nowadays. Um, you know, every day, every week, we have new announcements about new commitments and, and things like that. Uh, and that means that um, supply chains need to get the information. Yeah. Um, Obviously, then consumers also uh, think that is important, and you know the visibility of that impact will will, will be you know will only be increasing. Mm -hmm. um, for me, that is still part of that equation: quality, service, and cost. Um, and uh, so, I would definitely treat it very much in the same way. Um, it's becoming non-negotiable. It's actually now already non-negotiable. Yeah, I agree with that. Uh, Pierre? Yeah, it's uh, I, the, the, the way Paolo places it is, uh, it's absolutely, I mean, it's absolutely it. Um, if your business is non-sustainable, you do not have a business. Mm -hmm. um, if your supply chain is not sustainable, you don't have a business. Um, it's not negotiable. It, it, it's happening now. And if it's not yet done, it has to be better done very, very fast. Because otherwise, if you're not sustainable, you can grow yourself to oblivion, basically. Right? Well, this is why I asked the question is because it, you'd think that some of these sustainable goals are fraught with risk for the business, fraught with cost for the business. And so it's yeah. very comforting to have someone from the finance function here and someone from the supply chain function here clearly aligned that it is a non-negotiable, um, you know, non-negotiable element to business these days. Um, so no, I, I think, I think we're all, everyone's pretty much aligned with that. I want to thank you for being on the podcast and talking to us and really giving us your opinion on uh, the exciting things to come in supply chain and how supply chain can become more customer centric um, whilst working together with the finance function. So I think it's it's the future. So thank you for being here. Thank you. It was a pleasure. Pleasure to accept the invite, uh, Maria, as usual. Thank you. Thanks for joining us today at Transform Talks. I hope you found this valuable. In the meantime, don't forget to subscribe, comment, and share. I'll see you at the next one.